ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so carrying on with the list of things that al-Shaykh al-Fawzan hafizahullah ta'ala mentioned, things that oppose the tawheed of a person, things that constitute shirk. What we got to was magic, as-sihr. Magic we know is absolutely haram it is impermissible to be engaged or to interact with magic in any way it is impermissible to watch magicians impermissible to read about them to listen to their radio shows you cannot interact with magic or magicians in any way a person cannot say that I'm going to watch in order to see how they do it out of curiosity only. I know they're wrong. You can't make that type of justification to watch them or to observe them. So magic, as Sheikh Al-Fawzan says, huwa ibarah amma khafiya wa latufa sababuh. It is something which refers to magic is something which is referred to as being hidden and concealed and un- undetectable maybe. Something that is very hidden, very concealed, very slight not something which is easily detectable something that is easily visible it is not like that it is something very difficult to see and to detect it is something hidden and concealed and closed So it is known as magic because it occurs via means that are very delicate, very hidden, secretive, and they cannot be observed by the eyesight, cannot be seen what he's doing or or meaning how he's doing it and how it's occurring. You can't see that. وَهُوَ عِبَارَةً عَزَائِمْ وَرُقَى وكلام يتكلم به وادويه وتدخينات and this magic has different forms to it it is ruqa meaning or azaim and ruqa and kalam yatakallamu bihi meaning it is various types of speech that they say various incantations that they make various uh, words that they put together and certain types of 
potions, certain type of potions that they make, and tadkhinat, similarly referring to those uh, types of smoke and potions that they make. وَمِنْهُمَا يُؤَثِّرُ فِي الْقُلُوبِ وَالْأَبْدَانِ فَيَمْرَضْ وَيَقْتُلْ وَيُفَرِّقْ بَيْنَ الْمَرْءِ وَزَوْجِهِ And there are some types of magic that impact upon the heart of a person. Some types of magic they impact upon the heart of a person and upon the body of a person. And so that person may become ill and that person may even be killed because of that magic. He may be killed by the magic. And some people, they may be separated. The magic may cause the separation between the husband and the wife. So magic has impacts. وَتَأْثِيرُهُ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ الْكَوْنِ الْقَدَرِ And magic occurs and the impact of it occurs by the will of Allah. By the decree of Allah, Allah allows this to occur within the creation. And all of it is a test upon us, a trial upon us. All of these affairs that occur within this earth. وَهُوَ عَمَلٌ شَيْطَانِي Magic is a satanic act. It is something done by the shaytan, the shayateen. وَكَثِيرٌ مِّنْهُ لَا يَتَوَصَّلُ إِلَيْهِ إِلَّا لَا يَتَوَصَّلُ إِلَيْهِ إِلَّا بِالشِّرْكِ وَالتَّقَرُّبْ إِلَى الْأَرْوَاحِ الْخَبِيثَ بِشَيْءٍ مِّمَّا تَحِبْ and a lot of this magic, it cannot be achieved, you can't do it, unless you commit shirk and you seek closeness to these evil souls, these evil spirits, these evil shayateen, and present for them and do for them what they love. An example of that is a real magician that they once caught in one of the Muslim lands. A real magician they once caught, they went and did a raid on his house and caught him, magician. Inside of the house, he had a pile of feces in his room where the shayateen had told him to relieve himself there a pile of feces in his room and that's where they were making him sleep that was one example so they are made to do or they do these evil affairs and disgusting affairs and they seek closeness to the shayateen who then aid them in the performance of magic وَالِاسْتِعَانَةِ بِالتَّحَيُّلِ عَلَى اسْتِخْدَامِهَا بِالْإِشْرَاكِ بِهَا وَلِهَذَا يَقْرِنُهُ وَيَقْرِنُهُ الشَّارِعُ بِالشِّرْكِ 
وهو داخل في شرك من ناحيتين so because they seek aid and assistance from the shayateen and they need to make offerings to these shayateen and basically obey these shayateen and do what the shayateen want from them and then they aid them in performing the magic for that reason Allah has mentioned magic as being a type of shirk because you are now basically obeying the shayateen obeying them doing your obedience to them and then they are helping you to do that magic so you are committing shirk obeying them worshiping them in essence so in one regard it is shirk because ما فيه من استخدام الشياطين والتعلق بهم وربما تقرب إليهم بما يحبونه ليقوموا بخدمته Firstly because you have to use the shayateen and you have to be connected to them and you have to do what they require of you and maybe you have to do certain things that they love and they may be disgusting things or they may be things which are degradation of the religion in another example a real story as well there was a man in an arab country also or i believe it was in an arab country uh, in a muslim country a man he had a neighbor who was a magician and this man knew that his neighbor was a magician. He could see some of the weird things that his neighbor would do. So this man became confused by that and went to his neighbor and said to him, I want to be a magician like you too. He went to his neighbor and asked him, how do I become a magician like you? I want to be able to do all these things. So his neighbor, the magician, said to him, if you want to be like me, then go to a particular lake. He gave, them, he gave him the name of a lake. Go to that lake at Maghrib time. Gave him the location, gave him the time, everything. Go there and you'll get your instructions. So the man went to that particular lake at Maghrib time. So when he went to the lake, and this is a true story, went to the lake that the magician had sent him to, and when he got to the lake, the fish came to the surface of the water and began talking to him. And they said to him, your first stage to become a magician then is to miss the Maghrib prayer which is happening right now. Maghrib right now, miss the Maghrib prayer. That's the first stage. Then we'll move on to the next. The first thing that he was told to do was to miss the prayer. Abandon the prayer and then the next stage will come. That man, he himself was narrating this story to whoever he narrated it to. He said, when the fish came out to the surface of the water and they said, miss your Maghrib prayer, and then we'll move on after that. He said, I became scared. 
not because of the situation of the fish, but because of what they had requested. He said, because even though he was a commoner, he said, even from the young age, his parents had always taught him about prayer. Commoner, but always with the prayer. His parents always taught him about the prayer. He prayed five times a day from a young age. That much he definitely knew. He knew you have to pray five times a day to Allah. This is the obligation of the Muslim. He may have been a commoner otherwise, but that much he was solid on. So when they said to him, miss your prayer, he knew the significance of that. He knew how dangerous it was to abandon the prayer and to miss the prayer. So he said he ran away. Ran away, fled from that scene. But this is the example of what they request of you. This is the example of why magic is known as shirk. The first thing they requested of him was to abandon his prayer. Abandon your prayer and then we'll move on to the next stage. That's why the scholars, they say, no magician can ever be a Muslim. If you are a magician, you are definitely not a Muslim. Because to become a magician, you have to be a mushrik. You have to commit shirk to become a magician. So you cannot be Muslim and a magician. Secondly, the reason why magic is referred to as shirk is because magicians, they always claim knowledge of the unseen. One part of magic is the claim to the unseen. The claim to the knowledge of the unseen. And no matter what type of magic it is, what those magicians are, what they call themselves, what type, what variety, whether they are crystal ball fortune tellers, or they are other type of sorcerers or magicians, Many of them have this aspect of the claim to the unseen, or all of them have the aspect of the claim to the unseen, the knowledge of the unseen. It's mentioned in another narration how the shayateen or how the jinn, they climb on top of each other's backs, stand on top of each other's backs all the way up into the sky right up to the heavens and they hear what is being said over there and they try and eavesdrop to try and steal some information about what is being said in the heavens so when they hear something about some issue something that's going to happen on the earth then they pass that information on to the one below them he passes it on to the one below him he passes it on to the one below him until eventually it comes to the bottom one. He then goes and takes it to the magician, takes it to the sorcerer, takes it to the fortune teller. When they climb on top of each other's backs and they are right up there in the sky, they climb on top of each other's backs and they are up there in the sky, in the heavens, and they try and steal that information sometimes they will be knocked down before they can pass on the information. 
They are knocked down sometimes by what's going to knock them down up in the sky, up in the heavens. Angels, something else though. Shooting stars. The shooting stars, it's mentioned as one of the purposes of the creation of the stars is that they are missiles against the shayateen. So the shooting star, it mentions in the narration, may sometimes strike them before they get to pass on the information, before they manage to pass it on. But sometimes it strikes them and they manage to already pass it on. And so the information manages to make it to the magician, fortune teller, sorcerer. Then in the narration it mentions how that fortune teller, how that magician, that sorcerer, he will mix that one piece of information which is truth, eavesdropped from the heavens, will mix that up with a hundred lies and then present that to the people. Of course, when the people go away, they won't remember the hundred lies or the 99 lies. All they will remember is the one thing that ends up happening exactly how the magician said it was going to happen. They'll say, look, that thing exactly how he said it was going to happen. And they forget about the hundred lies that he told them, this is going to happen and that's going to happen and this is going to happen. Forget all the others, but they remember the one that happens, obviously. They remember that one. Look, that's what he said. It was going to be like this and that's how it is. That's how it's happened. Mixes that one piece of truth with all of the other lies. So, they have this claim of having knowledge of the unseen, but it is all from their lies and their untruths. This fortune telling, the tarot cards, the palm reading. They'll say to you, give me the name of your mother. And then they deduce from that certain types of magic that they do. Various things that they do in performing the magic. And the knowledge or the claim to the knowledge of the unseen. Allah said in the Quran, وَلَقَدْ عَلِمُوا لَمَنِ اشْتَرَاهُ مَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَاقٍ They knew the ones who purchased it, meaning the ones who got involved in the magic, that they would have no share of the afterlife. There would be no paradise or anything for them in the afterlife. And similarly, عَنَ بِهُرَيْرَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ قَالْ اجتنبوا السبع الموبقات stay away from seven destructive sins stay away from seven destructive sins قالوا يا رسول الله وما هن they said oh messenger of Allah what are they what are the seven destructive sins the seven sins that destroy you. Qal, the Prophet said, the first one, ashirku billah, committing shirk alongside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Stay away from seven sins that destroy you. They said, which ones are they? The first one the Prophet told them, shirk. Associating partners alongside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Secondly, as-sihr, magic. Thirdly, قتل النفس التي حرم الله إلا بالحق. To kill a soul whom Allah has made haram for you to do so, except by due right. Meaning to murder a person and to kill a person without right. And similarly, after that, the fourth, أكل الربا, to take interest. Interest, like in your banks when they give you interest, haram to take that. Interest is mentioned as one of the items. وَأَكْلُ مَالِ الْيَتِيمِ And to take the wealth of the orphan, to take it for yourself and to uh, benefit that yourself and remove that and take it away from the orphan for yourself. And also, أَتَّوَلِّي يَوْمَ To turn your backs and flee and run from the battlefield. And also, قَذْ المحصنات الغافلات المؤمنات to falsely accuse a pious uh, and chaste woman to falsely accuse a chaste woman of adultery or fornication so those seven are mentioned in this hadith where the prophet sallallahu alaihi said Stay away from the seven destructive sins, the seven sins that will destroy you. And of course, all of these are major sins. There are many other major sins. It's not just these seven, but in these seven, you can see shirk is there at the beginning and magic is there at the beginning. As for all of the major sins, how many are there? There are different books written by the scholars about the major sins. There's a famous one, Kitabul Kabair, by Al Imam Al Zahabi. There's another one, Kitabul Kabair, by Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab. And in those books, they mention all of the major sins. How do you know? That there are major sins and there are minor sins. How have we even got this category from how, from where? How do we know that there is this classification in the first place, major and minor? Who's made that up? How? Where? It's a big, big, it's a big uh, Surah An-Nisa. I mean, where? Where are we looking? If you stay away from the major sins we have prohibited from you, then we will expiate the minor. So this highlights that there are major and minor, that we will expiate your sins, that's in reference to the minor sins. Then it's the categories that highlight how you determine, how you work out if a sin is a major sin or a minor sin. 
So how do you work out if a sin is a major sin or a minor sin? A punishment. If Allah has mentioned a specific punishment to a particular sin, then it's a major sin. So for example, the hudud on the certain sins like chopping the hand from stealing, stealing is a major sin then. The whipping of uh, drinking alcohol, that's a major sin then. What other way do we know if something is a major sin? If there is the curse, the la'na, the curse of Allah upon the one who does X, Y, and Z. Then if the curse of Allah is upon that person for doing X, Y, and Z, it means that that particular action is a major sin. What else? Possibly. Possibly. The sequence may indicate something. Because if you have shirk being mentioned and then you have other sins being mentioned alongside it, it must indicate those sins are big sins and major sins. Any other reason? When the Prophet ﷺ says in some hadith, لَيْسَ مِنَّا مَنْ فَعَلَ كَذَا وَكَذَا Not from amongst us is the one who does X, Y, and Z. A hadith that has that type of wording then it indicates those actions are major sins. So for example, لَيْسَ مِنَّا مَنْ Whomsoever deceives and cheats is not from us. So deceiving and cheating people in trade and things like that, that's a major sin. لَيْسَ مِنَّا مَنْ ضَرَبَ الْخُدُودَ وَشَقَّ الْجُيُوبَ وَدَعَى بِدَعْوَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ not from amongst us is the one who strikes his face and tears his pockets and screams and shouts in the words of Jahiliya when somebody dies. The niyaha, that screaming and shouting and losing it when somebody dies and hitting yourself and tearing your clothes. That's a major sin to behave like that at the time of death of a person. That is the summary of the section regarding magic. The next section is very similar, fortune-telling and sorcery. And we'll do that straight after the prayer, insha'Allah. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa So the next section here is al-kahana, which is sorcery and fortune-telling. And these sorcerers and fortune tellers, they claim to have knowledge of the unseen. They claim to have knowledge of the unseen. And it's what we mentioned before about how the shayateen, they climb on top of each other's backs until they reach the heavens and they try to eavesdrop to try and hear something and then they pass it on and it may eventually make its way back to the fortune tellers, to the sorcerers and they will then mix that truth with a hundred lies and then present that all to the people. And so the people begin to believe them because one thing ends up coming true out of all of the lies that they told. 
But we know, of course, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has knowledge of the unseen and nobody else can claim knowledge of the unseen. Wallahu huwa al-mutafarridu bi'ilm al-ghayb فمن ادعى مشاركته في شيء من ذلك بكهانة أو غيرها أو صدق من يدعي ذلك فقد جعل لله شريكا فيما هو من خصائصه وهو مكذب لله ولرسوله So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He alone has knowledge of the unseen Allah alone has knowledge of the unseen. So whoever claims to also have knowledge of the unseen from that sorcery and that fortune telling or other than that that they do, or if somebody believes a person who claims to have knowledge of the unseen, then they have made a partner alongside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in something which is from the specifics of Allah. Having knowledge of the unseen is from the specifics to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody else has knowledge of the unseen. Even in the hadith of Jibreel when it mentions akhbirni ani sa'a, he said mal mas'oolu anha bi'alama min as-sa'il. That neither the one being questioned or the questioner have any more knowledge about that. And that was Jibreel, the best of all the angels, and Muhammad وسلم, the best of mankind, and neither of them knew when the hour is going to be established. So what therefore of everybody else? They are inferior to the Prophet Uh, And much of this sorcery and fortune-telling, it is also connected to the shayateen. لَا تَخْلُوا مِنَ الشِّرْكِ وَالتَّقَرُّبْ إِلَى الْوَسَائِطِ الَّتِي يَسْتَعِينُ بِهَا عَلَى دَعْوَ الْعُلُومِ الْغَيْبِيَّةِ That these fortune-tellers, these sorcerers, they use the jinn, the shayateen of the jinn, who participate with them, and they seek closeness to them and commit shirk with them uh, in worshipping them or giving their obedience to them. And as a consequence, those jinn or those shayateen will then aid them. So the sorcerer or the fortune teller might say that I can find your lost property, you've lost your wallet somewhere, I can find it for you. And he will send the shayateen of the jinn who go with speed and they locate that wallet. Because they can move at a speed and cover distances that mankind cannot. So then they'll come back and tell him and he'll say to the person, it's in such and such a place. And they go and it's there. So they do that, the the, uh, sorcerers and the fortune tellers, by using those shayateen. By seeking aid and assistance from those shayateen. Falkahana. شرك من جهة دعوة مشاركة الله في علمه الذي اختص به. So sorcery and fortune telling is considered shirk from the angle of somebody claiming to have knowledge of the unseen, which is something specific to Allah. 
ومن جهة التقرب إلى غير الله and also from the angle of seeking closeness to other than Allah because they are seeking closeness to the shayateen to the jinn, the shayateen who then aid them in doing what they do وفي صحيح مسلم in Muslim it is mentioned عن بعض أزواج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم mentioned from one of the wives of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said قال من أتى عرافا فسأله عن شيء فصدقه بما يقول لم تقبل له صلاة أو صلاة أربعين يوما that whomsoever goes to an arraf and they are these fortune tellers whomsoever goes to one of these fortune tellers one of these sorcerers claiming to have knowledge of the unseen and asks him goes to one of these crystal ball people goes to them and asks him about what's going to happen or something about the future and that fortune teller tells him and this person believes him then this person's prayer will not be accepted for 40 days the prayer of the person will not be accepted for 40 days and there are other narrations that indicate it's not about you believing what you hear the very act of going and asking in the first place, then your prayer may not be accepted, even though you have to continue praying, but it would not be accepted. وعن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من أتى كاهنا فصدقه بما يقول فقد كفر بما أنزل على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم رواه أبو داود that whomsoever goes to a sorcerer and believes what he says then that person has disbelieved in what has been revealed to محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم because if you believe in the fortune teller and you believe in the sorcerer you believe in them, then you are disbelieving in what has been revealed to the Prophet because what has been revealed to the Prophet is telling you to disbelieve in those sorcerers and fortune tellers and not to go to them. So if you do go to them and believe in them, you're rejecting and disbelieving in what has been come or what has come in the revelation. وَمِمَّا يَجِبُ التَّنْبِيهِ عَلَيْهِ وَالتَّحْذِيرِ مِنْهُ أَمْرُ الصَّحَرَةِ وَالْكُهَّانِ وَالْمُشَعْوِذِينَ الَّذِينَ يُفْسِدُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا يُصْلِحُونَ فَبَعْضُهُمْ يَظْهَرُ لِلنَّاسِ بِمَظْهَرِ الطَّبِيبِ الَّذِي يُدَاوِي الْمَرَضِ وَهُوَ فِي الْحَقِيقَةِ مُفْسِدٌ لِلْعَقَائِدِ The Shaykh says, Shaykh Al-Fawzan, one of the things that you have to be made aware of, be aware of, 
is that some of these fortune tellers, sorcerers, magicians, they may come to the people in the appearance of doctors, in the appearance of healers, curers. They may come in that type of appearance to the people and present themselves in that way that if you have problems, we can come and we can sit with you and we can deal with your issues and your problems, medical problems, other problems. They come across in that presentation of themselves. And then when they come across to those people, they will command those people to do things which are shirk. For example, بحيث يأمر المريض أن يذبح لغير الله They may tell that person to be cured. You need to sacrifice something to other than Allah. أو يكتب له الطلاسم الشركية والتعاويذ الشيطانية Or more common, they will write for them those amulets that we were talking about. They will write symbols on them all types of different symbols on them and all types of weird and wonderful writing on them all of these different words and things that don't make sense and symbols and signs and crosses and lines and give them this piece of paper to wear as an amulet or in their necklace or band or bracelet and those types of things are clearly from the works of the shaitan they are clearly haram in what they are doing there with these signs and symbols, they are satanic. So this type of thing is prevalent. I saw a post uh, advertisement. I saw an advertisement the other day, or recently, and it's been around before as well. Somebody says on this advertisement, are you having problems with your marriage? Are you having problems with your finances? Are you having problems with your car? Are your children not listening to you? A big list of problems. And then at the bottom, his name, something, something, Sufi, something. And then he says, I charge like 500 pounds for one session or something. And he will come with exactly this type of thing. He will come and say, read this and read that and blow on this and write this and put this on your necklace. And this is what they do. And some people, Masakin, they don't know. They say, he's a healer. He heals the people. He's a curer. He's a doctor. He comes and he writes them papers and he blows over them and he does this and he does that, all made up things. Charges them the few hundred pounds. Gives them all these potions or, or written out documents, amulets, all of these things which are based upon shirk. Uh, clairvoyant, what does that mean? They try and tell the future, this is the type of thing. This is in reference to those types of people, the clairvoyant, as they call them. The crystal ball and everything that they use, the crystal ball, and all of the other things when they read your palm and they do the cards, the tarot cards, all of these types of things are haram. That's why we said at the beginning, and this narration tells you about your prayer not being accepted, it is impermissible to get involved in magic in any way. You cannot learn magic haram. You cannot become a magician unless you become a mushrik. 
There is no magician who can be Muslim. To be a magician, you are mushrik. So you cannot get involved in any way in magic. You cannot watch magic haram. You cannot go into the laptop or YouTube or something and watch magic shows just to see how do they do it. They chop the person in half and this. How do they do it? You cannot watch this thing haram. Impermissible to watch those shows. Impermissible to watch anything linked to it. They're going to interview a magician and he's going to tell everybody how he does it. Haram, you watch these things. Haram to get involved in any form of the magic, in watching it, in reading about it, in listening to it on the radio show. You cannot expose yourself to magic and these fortune tellers and these sorcerers in any way. Even when they are doing the sleight of hand, as they call it, the magic tricks. Like some of these, they come on the shows and they pretend to do magic and really it's just like a string that they pull or something or, or they have another a button that they open and something comes out. Tricks. They do tricks. It's not magic sometimes. It's just tricks that they are doing. They quickly pull something here like a string there and something comes out and they do lots of different things quickly and you can't tell what's going on. And it looks like magic. Where did that appear from? And really it's just hidden here and then he moved it there and then he did this and... Even that type of thing is haram to watch. Sleight of hand as they call it. It's impermissible because it is a form of magic. They are trying to present to you magic. So you can't watch them even though they may say, obviously it's not magic and all we do is put a string here and we put a string here and then when you know, they pull it here and then it comes out from there and it looks like magic. They may explain those things to you, but you don't. You cannot get involved even in that sleight of hand as they call it. And this is the mistake of Al-Maghrib and all these deviants telling you, no, it's okay, that's just a magic trick, it's no problem. Abracadabra, all these things. It is haram to get involved even in sleight of hand magic, to watch those things on TV or whatever it is. So you cannot get involved in any form of it. And there are some apparently famous ones now. And there are other people, they will come to you pretending that they can tell you about the unseen like we mentioned, the clairvoyance and these people and the crystal ball. All of this is haram to be involved in and a person has to distance themselves from all of that completely. Even these days now, all of these famous things that go everywhere, Harry Potter and all of these things, haram to read those books and to watch those shows. You cannot because it is all based upon magic. All of these kids' programs and things, you have to be very careful what's going on. Not permissible. You should not even have those televisions at all. From all of the corruption that comes in from those televisions, you should not allow the children to just go ahead and watch TV. You should not have those devices. If you have the device, or rather, not the device, but you should not have that input. The input of the television coming in and those channels coming in and kids watching them, that should not be the case. The device, it's not about the device. You can have a device. You can have a TV screen in your house. That's not a problem. Put your computer on it. Put your laptop on it. These days, everything all uh, Wi-Fi. You can type on a, something here and it comes up on your screen. No problem with the device. But it's about the channels and what's coming in. They have to be banned. You should not bring in these channels to your homes and open that up to your children watching all sorts of programs with magic in them and everything else. So you have to be careful with that. That brings us to the rounding off of this section of magic, the next section is about superstitions. Like Friday the 13th and all of these things, 
superstitions is what we'll start with next time inshallah ta'ala there's no advice you have to just tell them it's haram you have to stop immediately this isn't just uh, something playful these books are written about magic and doing magic it is based directly upon magic all of these types of things so you have to tell them to stop immediately you have to make sure your kids are not involved at all you tell them I'm not going to bring my kids across if they're going to be involved in these things and put these things on for them and show them these things. Tell them this is absolutely haram. It is magic and magic is haram. There's no, you can't be soft with that. You have to tell them clearly, strictly. And you have to continue to tell them that clearly and strictly and show them the narrations about the prayer not being accepted. These are things that you have to advise with some firmness. Try to advise with some strength in that advice to the people the family and whoever it is regarding the affairs. Somebody threatens you to put magic on you, your protection is your dependence, your trust in Allah, you make a dua to Allah, ask for protection. They cannot do anything except by the permission of Allah. They cannot do magic on you except by the decree of Allah. If all of them came, every magician, they can't do anything to you except by the decree of Allah. So you put your trust in Allah, you do all of your du'as, your dhikr upon wudu, you do everything you need to do as a practicing Muslim and ask Allah for protection from this individual and from the magic. You put your trust in Allah in that way. We're going to go on last one. Reading horoscopes is also impermissible because it is from the claim to the knowledge of the unseen so it is haram to read your horoscopes, even if you say out of interest. You can't read these things even out of interest. It's all haram. Curiosity, you can't. So be warned about that and be very careful with all of these things. We'll round off on that then. We'll carry on with the superstition section next week, inshallah ta'ala.